You are listening to a life-impacting message preached by Bishop Richard Ayi at the Ready and 20 service, London. Bishop Richard Ayi is the pastor of the First Love Church UK, a denomination founded by Bishop Dag Hewitt-Mills. The First Love Church is full of zealous young people who love and desire to work for the Lord. You will be encouraged and uplifted as you listen to this powerful sermon.
one more time for that lovely music don't you love the lyrics of the song that oh lord is not for what you give me but just for the feeling of drawing closer and closer to you amen and amen how many of you know that this how many of you have been enjoying this new series that we've been listening to 
of take up your cross. I believe that today you're going to draw closer to God as you learn how to deny yourself. How many of you can sense that our minds are changing? How many of you can sense worldliness is leaving you? How many of you can sense you're learning how to follow Jesus closer and closer? Well, if you are ready as I am and as excited as I am, help me welcome our pastor, Bishop Richard Ayi, as we sing our song of faith. Stand to your feet and let's pray. Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, O God. 
let your kingdom come and dwell amongst us, Lord. Help us, Lord, by your word. Help us by the power of your word. Let the preaching of your word and the teaching of your word today, let it bring promotion. Let it take us higher. Let it take us deeper into you, O God. Deeper and deeper into you. May our relationship, fellowship with the Holy Spirit become deeper and more real, Lord. Thank you for the blessing, Lord, of church and the blessing of being in your holy presence. Save us, heal us, deliver us, and cause us to be fruitful in you, Lord. I give you thanks. I give you praise. I honor your great and mighty name, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, and the saints of God shall say, Amen. All right, take your seats. I should have also brought a whistle today, isn't it? (laughs) Okay, I see that everybody has a whistle. Philippians chapter (laughs) 3. Have you found Philippians chapter 3? Do you have Philippians in your Bible? Okay, Philippians chapter 3. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, it's not grievous, for for you it is safe. Verse 15 says that, Let us therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and let us mind the same thing. Okay? Sometimes you have to remember what brought you this far and stick to it. Like read your Bible and pray every day instead of looking for new spooky things. So, yeah. So it says, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and let us mind the same thingy. Verse 17 says that, Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. Okay, then verse 18. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping. It must be a serious thing. That they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly? And whose glory is in their shame? Who mind earthly things? Okay. So, obviously, I'm preaching to you from verse 18 today. Which says that, so the title of my message today is Enemies of the Cross. Okay, yes enemies of the cross yes because if someone tells you that you read the bible you see someone saying that i've told you about this thing before i've told you about it often and i'm saying you again this time as i'm telling you i'm crying i'm even crying as i'm saying it that be careful about these things he said for many walk of whom i have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross so they are enemies of the cross. And then he goes on to give, a, give us the 
characteristics of enemies of the cross. So in verse 19, he says that, he says that, whose end is destruction? So he's telling that, look, I mean, people who are enemies of the cross, they are not going anywhere. Their end is destruction. And then number two, he's saying that their belly is their God. In other words, there are people giving to appetites and desires, you know. Knowing your belly is your God is very difficult to fast. The only reason why you've not been able to fast all year round since the beginning of the year that we fasted is because you like, you like eating. Yes. You can't, imagine, you can't imagine telling yourself that, you know, I'm not going to eat. Even, even till 4 p.m. Just so that, so that, not so that I'll lose weight, but so that I can pray. So I can pray. Because when you are hungry, the only thing that occurs to you is to call on God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Where there is hunger and poverty and difficulty. And you don't know, and you don't know, you don't have solutions to life. You pray more. You find yourself praying more. That look, we've got to pray. We have to pray because it's going only by God. It's not going to happen in any other way but by God. So fasting has a way of subduing the flesh and subduing the desires and the things of the flesh. When, when you are fasting, you know what you know what Netflix. You know what you know be sitting there watching reels. Reels and shorts. Yes. You don't be sitting there watching such things. You're even too hungry to concentrate. The, 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 the strength of the flesh in your life is very much, is very much related to um, the lack of discipline of your flesh. You haven't disciplined the flesh enough. That's what the flesh, look, God gave us control over everything. The birds, this. I've seen, I've seen whales that have been trained. Not, not, even, not even dolphins. I've seen whales that have been trained to entertain. I've seen dolphins. I've been, also dolphins, I think it's quite common. Because my shock that day, my shock that day was to see whales that have been trained to entertain people. All people have come to sit there and then the whales come. Two of them with a lady in the middle. And to entertain us and to do, to respond to the signal of the, of the lady. When the lady signals, then they know we have to flip. Have you seen whale? I mean whale. A whale flipping backwards. Not dolphins, whales. They were almost the full size of the, of the pool. Yes. They could do anything and everything. She says, then I saw chicken, cat, dog, and there was another animal, I think duck. Lined up, also trained and disciplined. All right. When I grow up, I'll buy one. <laughs> yes. I mean, a cat and a dog. I think there was a monkey too. They lined them up like this for a whole routine. And they entertained us. And I said to myself, that day I said to myself, this must be when, what God meant when he says that you shall have dominion. 
over everything. You have dominion over things. Because I can see a man, without reading the verses, has dominion over animals and creatures. Yes. And you see you, your small, um, your small, your little organ growing in front of you. You can't use the verse to have the power to control it. Oh, it's too early to give such examples. <laughs> okay, sit down. Sit, sit, sit. You yes. sit. Huh? I'm telling you. <laughs> when someone is controlling whales, You can't control that uncircumcised Philistine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You see, these are people who have the cross as their enemy. Their God, that is the thing that they idolize and they worship and they give into and they sacrifice for. It's their belly, it's their appetites. Yes, then he says that, then he says that whose glory is in their shame. In other words, things that you are supposed to be ashamed of, you rather glory in it. Yes. You feel confident about things that you are supposed to have shed off and moved away from and may distance yourself from. You are rather becoming proud and confident in it because, because the cross is not, you remember, because the cross is not in your life. The cross is not there. And then he finally says that who mind earthly things? I think I've virtually finished my preaching for today, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Who mind earthly things? Their mind is on earthly things. Things of the earth and things of the You see, when I read this passage again, then I, I realized that when Jesus said, when Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, is it Luke chapter 9? Luke chapter 9 and um, verse what? 23. Are you sure? You've read it. Okay. And he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Daily. When I read this passage, I think the emphasis is daily. Know that I got born again, so it's all over. And now, I mean... I got born here, so it's over. It's over for me. I mean, I'm born again. I'm saved. I've done everything I have to, I have to do. I've stopped, I've stopped doing this. I've stopped doing that. I've stopped doing that. You know, that's how people don't grow in the faith. That's how people don't, that's how people don't become what God wants them to become. That's how they don't become it. Because it's like, it's like I'm done. You know, I'm done. I've, I'm, I'm born again. I've stopped. I've stopped. What did you used to do before? I stopped drinking. 
I stopped what? What? Smoking weed. I've stopped smoking weed. And then what else have you stopped? I've stopped fornicating. And then what else? I've stopped taking drugs. And then what else have you stopped? What? Stop fighting. You know, now you've become some very patient, calm person. But what about, what about, what about the anointing? What about the anointing? What about fulfilling the call of God? Why have, you, why have you set a standard for yourself that after this, there's no more that God wants from me? When God wants more from you. In other words, there's more that you can do. I mean, you can do more. You could, have, you could be higher. You could be more anointed. You could be doing greater things for God. I mean, our salvation is not just to stop. Look, there are, there are some religions. They don't drink, in case you don't know. They don't believe in Jesus. They are not born again. But they don't drink. They don't, they don't what? They don't swear. They don't fornicate. I mean, I don't know about that. I think they don't. Yes, they don't fornicate. And then what else don't they do? They don't go clubbing. They don't smoke weed. You know, I went to a country. I visited a country once that has uh, a, a, some, some, a particular religion. A lot of them is predominantly that religion. And I was in the, I was in a taxi, and I said to the driver that, um, "Take me around your beautiful city and show me around." So he showed me around. He he drove me by a beach. And he said, "He said there is no chance that a native or indigenous person from this." country or from this city it's on this beach he said all the people you see here are foreigners and visitors and tourists oh and, and so i said why he said because our religion as he was driving started beating our religion will not permit he said it will not permit us to walk around in bikinis and walk around like this i really will not we cannot do that and he said if you try your uncle will see you. That will be your end. And I said, I remember I said, this is serious. He said that the entire country or city or whatever, he said, are full of 80% foreigners. Just 20% of us. Yes. So just 20%, but 80% are foreigners. He said, we can't. He said, have you seen this? And the beach was packed. With people who, people who don't have re, any regard for anything. They were full. They were on the, on the beach. He said, he said, he said that not even one, not even one relative will be here. And I said, but someone can sneak. He said, hey, your uncle will see you. <laughs> then he showed me some apartments across. He said, yes, your, uncle could, your uncle could easily be in this apartment. He'll see you on the beach. He said, you, he said, you can't and you won't. He said, they won't do it. They are not there. So what I'm saying to you is that there are some things that even people don't do, not because they are born again. Not because they are born again. They don't even do it. So when you are born again and then you're coming to argue about some things and you know, try to you, you, are, you are so far from the cross. Your, your God is your stomach. Your stomach. <laughs> so when he says, when he says that Follow me daily. 
Look, I'm telling you, my dear brothers and sisters, as well as those of us who feel accomplished, you know, we feel we feel we have arrived, we feel we have done it, or we feel we've got enough to do for God. It's like, no, there's no more room in my life for God. Today I came for you. Yes. There's no more, there's no more in my life to do. Every day, you must discover something to do for God. Every day. Every day, you must be discovering something more to do. What more can I do? What more can I do? How high? How high can I go? Can I go higher? Is there room to go higher? Speak, oh Lord. Is there room to go higher? Can I do more? Can I not pray more? Can I not pray more? Can I not fast? Can I not fast this week? Can I not fast on my own? Can I not fast and pray? To seek the face of God. To get closer to God. When will you, when will you also really get to the point where you say that, Lord, it's not for the things that you do for me. Or the things that I get from you. I mean, but, but I mean, just getting closer to you is so meaningful. It means so much to me to be close to you. That I know that you are close to me. When, when would we practically move out of a song and actually live that way? The Lord is like, I really, I really want to get closer to you. And see, you see, you see people who are close to, to God. You see, you see them from what they do. That's what Jesus said. You know them from their fruits. It's not just about, I'm close to God. You know, you don't know I'm close to God. I don't know why I'm very, very, very close to God. When you have decided and told God that, you, you know you, God, as for you, I'm only going up to this point with you. There's no room. My, my life is choked. My life is full. I can't, do, I can't do more than I have done. I'm doing enough. Oh, yes. And see the Christianity, Christianity, those of us who have, um, um, think that Christianity is, uh, the most relaxed, relaxed, uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's a cross, it's a cross life. It's a cross. There's a ticket daily, every day, take a cross. Every day, discover something that must be, must be nailed to that cross in your life. Oh, yes. You know, I remember one man of God, he said that, look, he has decided that there's nothing that he likes in this life because he feels anything that he likes, God will say, sacrifice it. So he said, he said, he said, they said oh yeah, he said there's nothing that he likes. Yes. No, have you not read the scripture that's the way God said that I'm a jealous God? I think that, I think that if God really loves you or you really love God, I'm sure he loves you, but you really love God, you're getting closer and closer to him. One of the things you will discover is that he will help you not to have something that will become an idol in your life. That I like this thing so much. It's like this, this thing is taking too much of your attention that you don't have time for him. It's one of the things you'll be faced with. And that is where you will discover the truth. The truth in the word of God. That take up your cross day. Because you discover, oh, it's like this thing is becoming an idol. 
This is preventing you from, it's preventing you from serving God. It's preventing you from honoring God. It's preventing you from doing something for God. It's like, how can this prevent you from doing something for God? But there are so many things in our lives that prevents us from serving God the way we have to serve him. Because you like that thing too much. You see, it, it tells that you are very far from God. So you don't, sometimes you don't even realize that God is saying no. Because you can't hear him. He's so far from that, you can't even hear him. That he's saying no, don't do this thing. Not a bad thing. Not a bad, bad things are for babies. So, to choose between good and evil every day is for babies. Yes, but a good thing that would you have to sacrifice to get as if you one step closer to God, a step closer to God, a step closer to God. How many of you like to get closer to Him? Yes, but we don't because the things that we love makes us enemies of the cross. We dislike the cross, and you see this statement that Jesus is making here. And he's saying that if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Without denial of yourself, you will never take up your cross. Your number one enemy is you. It's not your stepmother. No. No, it's not your stepmother. Your number one enemy is yourself. That's why he said that anybody, anybody at all, anybody at all who wants to come after me, the first thing you have to fight is yourself. You have to fight yourself enough, enough. Because as I'm talking, you, you like some things too much. You like your comfort. You like convenience. You like this. You like that. All the, all the things, all the things that are occurring to you now are the things that you like to, but that is preventing you from becoming who God wants you to be. And what God wants you to be. That's what is preventing you. There are many people, there are many people that you can say, oh, this person can do more. But they won't do because they have, they have decided in themselves and in their hearts that I am doing enough. And maybe God doesn't even deserve more. So that's even your offering. Even your offering. You said that God does not deserve more than five pounds. Maybe you are wondering, hey, anointing too, can you buy? You can't buy it. You can't buy it, but as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you are, you are exactly the things that you idolize, you like, you are very calculated about, that is who you are. So God can also see that this person can give 10 pounds, but he's saying that five, he's saying, after this number, I will not cross this number. So God can never tell you, can never tell you, Give this offering. Like he, he, spoke, he spoke to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses. All of them were told to, give, to make sacrifices. All of them. All of them. All of them. I've not, I've not read of any, anybody who is of significance in the scriptures that God did not require a sacrifice from. All of them. All of them had to give offerings. Till Jesus came and he was asked to give the ultimate offering that give your life. None of them were asked for their life. They were asked for um, chicken, chicken, cows, beef, I mean sheep. They were asked for, you no know, different. maybe Abraham was asked for his son and even that he was stopped. 
But you see, being asked for your son is different from being asked for yourself. To go and kill your son is different from killing yourself. Yes. Go and kill your son. You can kill him and run away. At least you are still alive. But Jesus, he was asked for his life. How come? How come you've never heard that? I mean, today some countries, God is saying that give 100 pounds. Or today God is touching my heart that you sow a seed of 200 pounds for whatever reason. It's the five never seen since you got born again in 1960 to date. <laughs> you see, the absence of the absence of flexibility is the absence of progress. It's the absence of advancing in the things of God. And it's the absence of enjoying certain benefits and certain graces that you can enjoy. And it's therefore the absence of the cross in your life and the power of God. The thing that will bring the power of God, you can't have it. I mean, look at Jesus today. He has a name that is above every other name. Oh, his name, eh? what you, when you hear the name of Jesus, the only thing you can shout is that no challenger. Oh, yes. But how did he get there? Obedient. Even to the death of the cross, which was a shameful death. It was a death for criminals and evil people. That's why there's emphasis on the death of the cross. It's different from dying from a car has run you down. Yes. Or dying, or dying from cancer. Or dying from a headache. Or dying from falling. You fell, then you died. The death of the cross is a death for criminals. Wicked, that's why he died between two thieves. It's a very disgraceful, shameful thing. But he took it. He took it. Today he has a name. A name. Even people who don't believe in him, when you use the name on them, they can get healed. And they can get delivered. Oh, yes. A name above every other name. But you haven't seen any other name. Because your cross, since you took the cross for salvation in 1960, and you said you stopped drinking. You said the things you are mentioning. You stopped drinking. You stopped doing this. You stopped doing this. That's why you see your, your, te- your testimony has stalled. It has stalled. Your testimony stalled at no more girlfriends. No more boyfriends. No more drinking, no more clubbing, no more lies. No, uh, 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 it's, it's told that it's told that good grades. You got good grades in the university. It's like after. It's like after that. So, I haven't written exams for thirty years. So, if I only use God to write exams, so where is God in my life then? The last time I wrote an exam is over thirty years ago. I mean, over, I'm sure it's about 33 years ago was the last time I wrote an exam. I mean, apart from writing an exam on marriage counseling. But, <laughs> yes. Even that, I don't use it. I mean, well, I, I, I don't use it actively. I use it here and there. Yeah. I use it in preaching. <laughs> yes. But like secular school, about 33 years ago was the last time I wrote an exam. So if I prayed, oh God, help me to pass. Oh God. He said, that is all God does. He just passes, gets people to pass exams. So where is, where is therefore? So you see, your testimony, your testimony that is 33-year-old testimony. It's as though there's no more God. But it's re- the truth is that 
That was the last time you took the cross. You've abandoned the cross and you are just living. And you are supposed to have the cross daily for new testimonies, new realms advancing every day, every day, every day. Sometimes I look at instrumentalists and I, I pray in my head that I hope these people don't live and die as instrumentalists. That they, they can discover more things they can do for God. Yes. Because our pastor is a keyboardist. I mean, he's a keyboardist. He's a keyboardist and he's a drummer. Imagine he doesn't listen to God. No, there'll, be no, there'll be no books to launch. There'll be no books to, 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 to read. But it's following God and the, the sacrifice. If I try writing a letter, you see what it takes to write a book. You try writing a letter. <laughs> so, gentlemen and ladies, we have to take our cross daily. Take me back to the Philippines. Let me see Philippines again. Enemies of the cross. Enemies. It says that. Verse 18. Verse 18. Why are you hiding the verse that really says enemies of the cross from us? It says that for many walk of whom I have told you often. And now I tell you. I'm even crying as I'm telling you. I tell you weeping that they are the enemies of the cross. Christ. Yes, verse 19. Whose end is destruction? It's like that one, it's a, it's a done deal. We don't even have to de- de- debate about where, where they are going. Their end is, so if you join that, if you join that route, you say your end is destruction as well. You know, you know, change the version for us. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. Have you seen people bragging about something you feel that you should be quiet about this thing? This thing, you should be quiet about it. How come you are making noise about such a thing? You should be quiet about it. Yes. You should be quiet about it. Apart from being quiet about it, you say, there are some of us here by now, your testimony your testimony should be the should be the number of souls you've led to Christ. Should be how you are shepherding hundred people. Not not I've stopped drinking. And they think only about this life here on earth. Change change the vision. For there are many of whom I have often told you, and I'll tell you even with tears, who live as enemies of the cross of Christ, rejoicing and opposing his way of salvation, whose fate is destruction, whose God is their belly, their worldly appetite, their sensuality, their vanity, and whose glory is in their shame, who focus their mind on earthly and temporal things. Change again, change. For many walk. It sounds like in James. Try another one. 
Ah, TPT. Tipped it, tipped it. For there are many who live by different standards. As I've warned you many times, I weep as I write these words. They are enemies of the cross of the anointed one. And doom awaits them. Their God has possessed them and made them mute. Their, their boast is in their shameful lifestyles. And their minds are in the dead. Hey. Try one more, try one more. ESV. No, this one sounds like King James. Try message. You have message Bible. Try message. Okay. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you, trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross. But easy street is a dead end street. (laughs) Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches are their praise. (laughs) All they think, all they think of is their appetites. Yes. Easy street is a what street? It's a dead end street. It's not taking you anywhere. It's not taking you anywhere. You must always be disturbed when you become comfortable. When you master a task and it becomes easy for you, doable for you, always pray, Lord, what next? Yes. So long as you have life, always ask God, what next? Always ask him, what next? God, I, I want something else. I want something else. I want something else. But easy street. Easy street. It's a dead end street. I pray your address is not easy street. Ask your neighbor that is your address uh, easy street. So, enemies of the cross. I'll give you the characteristics. So, number one, the first enemy of the cross is the Antichrist. Yes. Let's read some Bible. Do you want to read some Bible? We're ending soon. We shouldn't end. Hmm. Have you found Antichrist? First John chapter 2.
Little children. Little children. It is the last time. And as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are many Antichrists. Whereby we know that it is the last time. Is when we say something is anti, it means that thing is opposed to. Yes, it's like this, these are things that are against Christ. So the things that are against Christ and the teachings and the ways of Christ are the antichrist thing. So you see, usually when you talk about antichrist, we've all heard of some man. Isn't it? Some man coming. So yes, I think I think according to the scripture, there will be a main man. But when I read that, when I read this passage, it's also telling me that there are many antichrists. So there is the main man, and then there are also several antichrists or several people who live and manifest in a way that are opposed to the ways of Christ. That is, the things that are opposed to the cross. If you meet an antichrist, the cross will not be important. The cross will not be important at all. Once the cross is being taken out of your life or out of your church, you know, sometimes, let me tell you something, church. When you sit before, when you sit before the pastor and he's counseling you, one of the things you should ask yourself is that this pastor who is talking, how did he become who he is? And why is he not teaching you the difficult things that he went through? Why is he just telling you that it will be okay? How will it be okay? Why is he not telling you to stop some things? Why is he not telling you to give up on some things? Why is he not telling you that fast and pray? Why is he not telling you that break up? He didn't marry a witch. Why is he guiding you to marry a witch? If he had, if he had married his first girlfriend, would he be a pastor by now? Will he not by now be a sad, depressed man sitting somewhere on a Sunday evening? Cursing the whole world. Cursing the whole world. Cursing anything that looks female. Yes. But why is he giving you softy, softy chocolate bar and milk bars to chew as you are going into distraction? Why is not it that brother? You're a Christian. Oh, you're a Christian. It's time to take up your cross and take a decision. As you have brought, as you have brought your, as you have brought your old boyfriend to church, coming to introduce your boyfriend to, to the pastor. The pastor say, hey, okay. Even even the fact that he's even entertaining such a meeting. Even to entertain such a meeting. Instead of, instead of telling you, instead of telling you that, look, look, this is not how to live the faithful. Everything must be over. It must be off. If he wants to be saved, he should go and be saved in another church. Cross. I'm talking about cross. Cross is raw. Not this kind of chocolate bars and milk bars. Milk way, milky way. 
Uh-huh. Milky Way. That's the name. Milky Way. Milky Way. Milky Way. And that is not what the person chewed on to become what they have become. Yes. If you have the guts and the courage to bring an old boyfriend, he's now saved. Do you know why I know he's not saved? Because he's still interested in you. A symbol, you, a symbol of sin, a symbol of falling, a symbol of distraction from Christ. And he still likes you. That is how I know he's not born again. Because if he was born again, he will not even like to be even in a 10 mile radius of where you even go to church. Not even where you live, where you go to church. Because you, you are a danger to him. But he's not saved. That's why you even can't just come and sit next to you. He is not saved. No, he's not. He doesn't know about that. He doesn't know about crosses. He doesn't know about crosses. His, his, his belly is still his God. He's still into appetites. Yes. You sit down so I can finish reading the Antichrist stories. Yes. So, I'm just trying to point out to you that besides that main man that we know, when we talk about the 666 and this, his that, you know, apart from that person, I want you to beware that there are anti, according to the scripture, there are antichrists. There are others that are promoting other messages and other themes that are against what Christ taught us. Against what Christ said and against what Christ said we should do. There are other, there are other things. There are anti-Christ things. They are opposed to Christ. Some of the places that sometimes we are so focused on, they are actually, they are actually pagans. They don't believe in anything. And the fact that they don't believe in anything at all is what even disqualifies them from even becoming antichrist. Because the antichrist will believe in something other than Christ. Yes, he won't be, he won't be a plain sheet of paper that, oh me, I don't believe in anything or I'm not. No, 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 no. He will believe in something else. Let me, let, let's, let, let, let me finish reading this passage. Are you in church? Then, then look, at, look at verse 20. It says that, but you have, an, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the, of the truth. Now, verse 22 says that, who is a liar? But he that denieth Jesus is the Christ. Are you, are you understanding what we are reading? And then verse 23. Sorry, no, no, let's finish 22. Let's finish 22. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is antichrist. Sorry, he is antichrist. That denieth the father and the son. So there are people who have, who have denied. They say, God has no father. And so God has no son. God has no son. They believe there's a God, but God has no son. Try telling them that Jesus is the son of God. I'm telling you. The anger you will stir up. 
But you see, but these are the people that you can easily rather make friends with and be at peace. Oh, they, say, oh, they, they believe in a God. But the scripture is saying that the Antichrist, the people who are opposed to Christ, they are the ones who will tell you that God has no son. And where, if God has no son, where is our salvation? The entire Christianity has become meaningless. If God has no son, and God's son, God's son never took up the cross and died and resurrected on the third day, then, then what are we doing here? We might as well look for Sunday jobs. Oh, yes. We might as well be busy somewhere else. He said, this, this is the Antichrist. The one that denieth that the father, denieth the father and the son. Not people, not people that when you say, they'll say that, I'm not religious. I'm not interested. They are, those people are empty headed. You see, that's why those people, they suffer from perversions. What type of perversions? That's where we started from when we were talking about denial. The flesh. You take the fleshy things, then they go to an extreme. So they do become demonized and devilish. But they are not even aware because they don't believe in any devil. They don't believe in any God. They don't be, so they, just, they are just a raw version of man without God. So there's, there are no constraints. There's no self-control. Because this is your flesh. If you leave this flesh here. Some of you have left it for a week or two. You saw where you got to before you came back. So you see, you see the direction they go to. But the people who say God has no son, they don't, go, they don't go into that direction of the perversions of the flesh. They go into another direction of there's no salvation. There's no salvation. And perhaps that's what the Jews have suffered from. Because they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. No, they don't at all. If you go, go, I don't know that you've been to Israel. They don't believe in Jesus. No at all. I mean at all. They believe in money. Everything is for sale. They'll sell you water from the um, Dead Sea. Everything is for, for sale. Money. No zero faith. Now, what does verse 23 say? There's another passage that I need to read, then I can move on. He said, Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son has the Father also. So that's very, that's a very, very, very key thing. So when you don't, you abandon the father and the son relationship, you see somebody teaching something other than the father and then the son. And then what the son taught. Because when you leave the son out, you're not here of any cross anymore. You're not here of any cross anymore. I mean, Christianity, we don't know cross anymore. The only thing you talk, the only thing you talk about is uh, uh, how you do well in life. Of course you do well in life. Of course you must do well in life. But that's the only thing you talk about. And so I tell you, some of the doing well and the successes will be required of you to lay it down and serve God. Because you are, you are, you are, you are sacrificing anyway. Are you not aware that you are, you are, you are doing things? You are letting, you are forsaking some things where you can have something else. Are you not aware? So what is your God? 
<laughs> you, don't like, you don't like the God that says that, go on evangelism for me. Or the God that will say that fast for, fast, fast for the salvation of some people. Or fast so that this will happen. Pray that this. You don't like that God. But you like, you like, the, God, you like the God that says that, hey, Sundays, you have to do this. Sunday to Sunday, you must be doing this 15 hours a day. You can't even sleep. You prefer that God. It's a type of God. Everybody, everybody, has, everybody has a God they are saying. Everybody has something they are, they are dying for. Everybody has something they are dying for. Something they are, they are, they've given up everything for. Everybody has something that has made them suffer from a broken heart. How did you give your heart to that thing? I think I've seen the other one I wanted to mention. Chapter 4. First John chapter 4. It says that, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know, we the, know, hereby know the spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. So that you know of Antichrist, you know of Antichrists, that you know of the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, when someone is carrying the spirit of the Antichrist, there are some things that are not discussed. That Jesus Christ has come in, in the flesh. Because when you, if you believe, I said, Jesus Christ was, has come in the flesh, what did he come and do? He came to die for the sins of the world. That's salvation. So, you don't believe that Jesus came in the flesh, you will never believe in salvation. And you will never believe in the teachings again and the ways of Christ. You'll be alienated from the ways of Christ and what Christ said. What did Christ say? It's like, it's like, it doesn't even exist because he never came. And sometimes, though we are in the church, though we are in the church, it's as though we are under the influence of the spirit of the Antichrist. Because we don't conduct ourselves. In a certain way, you come and say that you are, sometimes you, you are in church. You know, sometimes when we are preaching, and you may not know, but we, we pinch ourselves. And say, How, am, I, am I in church? Or at a train station. What am I even talking about? What, what, what am I talking? What am I even saying? Who am I talking to? Who are these people? What, what, what is it? What is it that we are discussing in church? Because if you have your cross, take your cross daily, humbly, obeying, dying, in all humility. Some things that will not be an issue. Because you'll be following the teachings of Christ. What Christ taught. What Christ said. What Christ expected of us. That's what, that is what you'll be into and that is what you, that is what you will stand for. What did Christ say? And what did he say? He said, take up your cross. First he said, deny yourself. First he said, deny yourself. First, he said, deny yourself. He said, you deny yourself. Deny yourself for some things. 
yourself is too dominant. It doesn't allow you to serve God the way you should serve him. That's why people have not done well in the ministry. Yes, that's how, that's how pastors have stagnated. Pastors have stagnated. It's not because God didn't call them or God is not with them, but because it's like as though we think we, we have we have enough of cross. Enough of cross. Now they are under the influence of the spirit of the Antichrist. Because everything they are doing that is against what Christ taught. So they've stagnated. Nothing more. They don't do, there's nothing more that they do. They're on easy street. Oh yes. Oh yes. They're on easy street. You're comfortable in church. You found a nice church, first love. They're dancing stars. We dance. We clap. We have lights. When you go there, you're wondering, are you in church or where are you? Easy street. Nothing more about what Christ said than what the Bible says. What God is saying doesn't, doesn't even come into the equation anymore. Comfort and convenience. Then we have there with little, little, little problems that you bring to the pastor. The, 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 the pastor puts like a baby that is crying, puts a dummy in your mouth. Then you keep quiet. Then you go back to the problem. And you are sitting there being prepared for hell. Being prepared for hell as you are paying your tithe and giving offerings. Yes. Someone is polishing you for hell with your problems that you are not being told that this thing has to die in you. This thing has to go. That's just sitting there. Because there's no cross. So anyway, um, let me move to the, to the next thing because my time is up. So, the Antichrist is the first enemy of, of the cross. First enemy of the cross. That's what I'm sure. Apart from that big person that you, we all know, that we are looking for. I don't even know why you are looking for him. So, that's, I wonder why we're, all, we're always busy discussing He's going to come from Belgium. He's going to come from Canada. He's going to come from here. You know, uh, Belgium is the headquarters of the EU. So this is going to be this. Oh, you see all sorts of theories. No problem. No, no problem. No problem. So as you are calculating all these theories, you, what are you doing? You, I, how, how sensitive are you to the teachings that are anti-Christ? Opposed to Christ, opposed to his teachings. As you become comfortable on easy street leading to a dead end. Cool. You go anywhere, you do anything, nobody questions you. Yes, nobody asks them, but why are you going to do this? Why, why are you even doing this? Someone was telling me that something they're doing uh, on a set. I, I, I just, without even thinking, I just asked the person. Why are you doing this on a Sunday? If I, after I've sent the message, I said, hey, but what have I done? Do I, is this person my child? I mean, why, why am I even talking like that? And the person said, oh, thank you. I have not thought about it. Because the person is in church now. But the person had planned something to do on a Sunday. I said, is that how to live your Christianity? Is that how to live Christianity? That Sunday, I'm going to do this. Of all the days, Monday to Saturday, you've just said Sunday. Because we are, we are surrounded by a lot of antichrists. So they have, they have no consideration for Christ. 
No consideration for God. No consideration for the things of God. Before you realize, before you, realize you have just, you know, I was, I was in, a, in a country. I can't remember which country it was. A country. Somewhere. Where was it? It was somewhere. And then on a Sunday, on a Sunday, I said, I needed something from the shops. So there I was, asking the people at the uh, hotel lobby, where, where is the nearest shopping mall? They said, oh, we have a shopping mall. I said, yeah, 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 I want to go to the shopping mall. They said, I want to go. And they were looking at me strange. And I was wondering, they said, what was their problem? I said, just show me where the shopping mall is. I need to go. So when I got to the shopping mall, then I saw the security. The place was dead quiet. Then I saw the security guy. I said, do you have this shop there? He said, yes. But it's not open. I said, why is it not open? He said, that's where I realized the world I have come from. He said, he said we don't work on Sundays. We don't work on Sundays. I remember thinking to myself, in the 21st century, you don't work on Sundays. You people, you people are not serious. You don't want money. <laughs> Maybe you may not know, but shops started opening on Sundays a few years ago. Maybe you may not know. Yes. Maybe you have, you've grown up to come and meet that things are normal on Sunday. But no, shops were not opening on Sunday. So Saturday by 5 p.m., you see a certain rush, especially by these housewives who don't plan their lives well. You see them rushing. Yes. That you see Oxford Street opening. I wish I could remember the year that it started. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. It's not, it's not normal. Now it's become normal. It wasn't normal. So that country that I went to, the anti-Christ, anti-God things, because Sunday not opening, it's, there's no other reason but it's for God. But as people have moved away from God, it's like, so what should we sit at home and do? We should work. That's, that fever hasn't reached there. So they said, they were looking at you, they said, we don't open us. They said, the only that's open are restaurants. Do you want a place to eat? I said, I said, no. I came to buy whatever I needed. He said, no. Till tomorrow. I left that place and I said to myself, London has corrupted me. Oh, yes. I've been affected. I didn't even know that. I've no, they didn't even know that I've become abnormal. As a priest, you are looking for somebody to come to work on a Sunday. A priest, you're a priest and you have taken your money and gone out. Somebody shouldn't go to church. I said, shame on you. As I was going back to the hotel, I said, shame on you. You are going to buy things on a Sunday. Why wouldn't you expect the people to be in church? Because I come from a world of the Antichrist. Yes, the spirit of the Antichrist is, 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 is moving. Nothing happens. It's like, it's like there's no difference between a Sunday and a, a Monday. There's no difference. Yet when you read the scripture, it says there's a day that is holy. It is for the Lord. There's a day that is set aside for the Lord. It doesn't exist anymore. Because of the Antichrist. No sacrifice. So you see the same way. Don't do anything for God. Do everything for yourself. 
do everything. Everything should be for you. Everything should be for you. Everything should be for you. Why are you doing so much for God? Are you not doing too much? Why are you spending your money? Why do you have to do this for God? That is how people, that's how people can't do some things for God. Yes. They can't do some things for God. Even if you ask them to do it for God, they can't do it. Because it's like their mind and maybe counselors. And other people say, why are you doing so much? It's too much. It's too expensive. It's this. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this for God? That's the spirit of the Antichrist. So you see, there's no sacrifice anymore. Yes, there's no sacrifice anymore. There are no missionaries anymore. Yes. Someone has to come with a strong forehead and swim against the tide before we can have missionaries. But there are no missionaries anymore. There are no missionaries anymore. Nobody sends missionaries. Everybody, everybody's encouraging people. Encouraging people. When he gets to a, a time, he says, these church members are becoming too obese. Then he organizes a 12-mile walk once a year. To come for them, then gathers them again. Comes encouraging everybody, but nobody is saying that there are souls in this country. Sacrifice yourself, move, take up your cross, go there and preach to them because it will cost. There's a price. It cost Jesus his life. It cost his life. It cost him his life for souls to be saved. It cost him his life. Yes. And so long as we don't take our cross, people will be perishing as we are saving ourselves. And our eyes are on our bank balance. How we can get more there. How we can live comfortable lives. Here I am. Here's my wife. Here's my child in chairs around the table with cutlery. Comfortable. Their souls are perishing because that thing is not of concern anymore. Because what is of concern is what car will you drive? Which area would you live? What postcode do you have? But it's, all, it's, all, it's all the environment. The spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist. Don't be like Christ. Don't be like God. Don't be like what Jesus told. Don't be it. I'm opposed to it. So we are doing everything to be against and be opposed to it. Everything other than what Jesus said. Yes, we want to live that way. We want to live that way. And he said it causes desolation. Yes, it causes desolation. It creates, it creates dryness. Dryness in the spirit. Dryness of the spirit in the world. Yes. Because there, there, there are places in the world that we could have brought freshness and brought the rain of the spirit. But because of the lack of the cross, so we are here. And that place is dry. We are here. And that place is dry. Because no cross. Yes. No cross, no cross, desolation. Imagine if Jesus had not died. Hey, Jesus said, hey, Father, is this how I'm going to die? They are coming with sticks. They are coming with sticks. No. Father, it's over. I'm not dying anymore. Let me also save my life. Because he had a nice ministry here. He had a nice ministry. He was feeding 5,000, feeding 7,000, working miracles, raising the dead. God said, oh, Father, you know, let me be an example to the world. Let me live to, let me live to a thousand years. Instead of dying. Hmm. Second enemy of the cross. 
The second enemy of the cross is Judas Iscariot. Who is a symbol of disloyalty. Spoil the church. Destroy the church. Speak against the church. Accuse the ministers of God. Trade, trade off, trade off the ministers of God and the church of Christ. Trade them off for pieces of silver, for fame, for money, for anything I can get. Get rid of them, fight them, oppose them. Come up with stories against them, accuse them. Pretend like you are with them, but betray them. Oh, yes. Hmm. John 12. Enemies of the cross. Enemies of the cross. You see, now we see, now we even see them more on social media. Talking. Enemies of the cross. And they have followers. And people who run commentary. As they are leading them and swaying them. May you never be a candidate of Satan and the candidate of the enemy to be used to attack the church and fight the church. When you are not happy, eh? Live quietly. Don't be anointed by Satan. Because I mean, this is not the only church. There's a church across the road. I don't know even know what it's called, but I've seen that there's a church across the road. You can go there. You don't want to go to church, come and watch cricket. Maybe you love the over. You want to come to the over so much. Buy a ticket, come and watch cricket. Yes. Yes. But don't champion a cause that will lead people to, to hell. Don't believe in church anymore. Don't believe in this anymore. Don't. You know, uh, I was in a, I was an Uber a few, a few days ago. So, I was, the driver was talking a lot. So, I said, okay. I'll talk, even though, even though I have an option that I prefer quietness. But he was talking, I think he has not read the things. He was talking. How many of you also prefer quietness? Yes. I prefer quietness. Turn the radio off. Turn everything off. But he was talking a lot. So at the point I gave in, I said, let's chat. So how many children do you have? He, he told me the, num- the number of children. What are their ages? He told me their ages. Uh, how many wives? One. This. Then I asked, how, "How old is he?" He said, "I should guess." So I said, "No problem, I'll guess." I said, "I said to him, you are either fifty-five years old or you are 60. He said, "Hey, how do you know?" It's a second. It's a second one. I'm sixty. <laughs> I said, "Yes," because I, I said. So I explained to him how I knew. I said, "Because you told that your first child is this number of years old." So when I look at you, this is how old you were when you gave birth. So that's how you are sixty. He said, "Oh, okay." So by now, by now I've got him to relax. So I said to him that, "About church, do you go to church?" He said, "Hey!" <laughs> All this while he's been nice and calm. When I said church, he said, "Hey." I don't go to church. I don't believe. He said, he said, I believe in God, but I don't believe in church. I said, oh, brother. I said, brother, relax. Let's, let's talk. We are talking. We are talking. We are talking. We relax. Then he started giving reasons why he doesn't believe in church. He said, I'm a Catholic. 
But I don't go in the same days that I said, brother, let me tell you something you've never thought of before. I said, church is full of human beings. How many of you are a human being? Is there an alien here? Is it that, did an alien come to church today? Look behind you. There could be an alien there. <laughs> Look next to you. There could be a robot today. Is that check? Is there? <laughs> so what God has found someone to use to build. You see people to be encouraging people to serve God. Don't rise up one day and start discouraging people from serving God. Tell people not to serve God. People don't go to this church. Don't go here. Hey, you are fresher. You are going to first year. Hey, you will see that some people call first love people. Look, sit down, sit down, sit down. I can. I can bet my last bottom dollar the people who are saying don't respond to this first love people are all Christians. Yes. Or backslidden Christians. Backslidden. People who when they were in the church didn't take up their cross were playing the buffoonery in the church. They're the ones who talk. John 12. It's time to close. It's true. It's true. Are you going to take up your cross? This is the last in my series on this one. Enemies of the cross. Yes, it's the last one. Yes. We finish the series. Oh, we are taking a break. Verse 3. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of, of the ointment. Then saith one of the disciples, you know a man, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This is, this is, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. When they comment, there's a motive before you follow someone's motive. Many people are talking, they have a reason why they are saying the things they are saying. Maybe I must have to move on to the last one. I only have three enemies, so I have to do the last one. And the last one is Satan. He's the last enemy of the cross. Which I think is obvious, isn't it? You are even surprised that he's listed. (laughs) Me too, I'm surprised that he's one of them. 
before, less before, like somebody is not aware that Satan is an enemy of the cross. Antichrist, Judas, Satan. And when you think of Antichrist, remember, Antichrist, the big man we are all looking for. I mean, I'm not looking for him, but I mean, he'll come. The big one. And then Antichrists. That's an eye-opener. That there are others spewing out, spewing out negativity of how you must develop your faith, how you must serve God, how you must work for God. Discouraging you from working for God. Forcing you to make your belly your God. Only care about yourself. The very thing that Jesus said, deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. You can never become what God wants you to become unless you deny yourself. You're like a snake. You have, to, you have to shed your skin. You have to shed your skin. Shed your, yourself of some dreams. You see, I'm following God. I'm choosing God for this. I'm choosing God. I'm going for God. But then Judas, the disloyal people, those who accuse those who pretend to be around, but they are not really around. When they are bumped off the use, when they start talking, they rest at is this person a Christian? Is this person even a Christian? When you hear the way they talk, their language, is this person even a Christian? Judas. Those who depart. Because the scripture says that if they, if they were of us, they would have stayed. They, would have, they have left because they were not part of us. It's in the Bible. And just somebody will put it up just now, you see. You see that it's true that it's in the Bible. Yes, it is in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Yes. Yeah, have you seen? Do you remember when we read about the Antichrist? Just before this verse, they said, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are they are, they they all are not of us. Yes. That's why they went out. That's why they went out. Maybe they were even agents and when they realized that they were not being successful. They were not being successful. Matthew 16. Verse 21. Church has become quiet. What are you thinking about? The Judases. Yes. The enemies of the cross. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. So, the scripture says, from that time forth, began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him. You know, if it was like today's English, you are said, and Peter took him up or took him on and began to rebuke him saying, be far from thee. This shall not be unto thee. You see, have you said to someone that you want to be a pastor? You want to be a missionary? You want to be a basenta leader? You want to be a shepherd? You want to work for God? You want to do more in this church? 
You want to, you want to get closer to BK. You want him to know you. Because you want to serve God. Okay, relax. You relax. You relax. Relax. Let's finish the point. And then the person takes you on and says, Are you serious? He said, Me, I've been in this church for 18 and a half years. I know, I know a thing or two. Have you not asked, have you not asked yourself why I, why I am not? Me, I just come coolly. And I go. And the person says that, be far from you. You know, like, like Charles Wesley said to John Wesley, that you have, my brother has made this, it was a person, a plumber or a capital or something. He has made this person, this, let's say a plumber, has made a plumber into a priest. They say, me, Charles Wesley, I'm going to make this person back into a plumber. It's that like you. It's that like you will not be. A, you will not be. Wow. Yeah, people you you talk to. You talk to some. You see them. They've been around for a while. It's true. They've been around for a while. It's true. They've seen things. But why? Why they are human beings? You will see things. How many of you have been offended in the, in the church before? You've been offended. Yes. And, and do you know that you've also offended me before? Yes. Don't even start. Yeah, yeah, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Let's stay. Let's stay as though nothing has happened. Yes. As though it's all been rosy. It's always been rosy and nice and cool. Yes. 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 The offenses, there have been things. People have done things. I mean, you too, you've done things. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yes. We're all there. You, I mean, you've always done things. You said you're offended. Who wasn't offended? I was offended at your offense. <laughs> no, I was, I was shocked that you were offended. I was shocked that you were offended. I was shocked. Because the last time I checked, I was offended. And how, how did you become offended? Yes. Anyway. So you see people say, be far from you. This, this shall not be. Unto this. You will not become a Vasentali. You will not be a shepherd. You will not become a missionary. Don't you, don't you have sense? You are spending your money on this church things. I'll be like, All I want to show you is Jesus' response. Verse 23. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Hey, Satan. Because you are an offense to me. I find your words and your ways and the way your mind works, I find it offensive. You are a stumbling block and a hindrance to me. You are hindering me from pleasing my God and serving my God. You are an offense to me. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. Change the version. Change. Change. Jesus turned on to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. I, I need you to see the diagnosis. He called it a name. He called that kind of talking and that kind of speech. 
of taking you away from serving God, doing the will of God, doing what you believe God has called you to do. Anybody who is opposed to it is called the, the enemy of the cross. The other name for the enemy of the cross is Satan. You are nothing but Satan. You are nothing but Satan. You are nothing but Satan. Yes. He says, you, you, are, you, are, you are a dangerous trap to me. Dangerous. You see, when someone succeeds in taking you out of the will of God, the person has put you into a very dangerous trap. Because your, your whole life is turned upside down now. You would never discover the true reflection of who God made you to be and what God called you to be. Because someone took you out of the call of God and out of the will of God. Someone who thought, who, I'm, sure Peter would, I'm sure Peter would say, I, I rather like you, I don't want you to die. But what he's saying is that I don't want you to take up the cross. I don't want you to do what God has called you to do. And that is the voice of Satan. That is Satan. Next time someone tries to advise you against the will of God and the things of God, just know that you are, just know that you are being entertained by Satan. No matter who they are. 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 That good, that so-called good advice not to serve God. Not to be a full-blown Christian and believer. It's an, it's an interaction and an encounter with Satan. It is Satan that you have met. It's Satan that is, is dealing with you and walking around you. That thing is Satan. That's what Jesus said. Satan, get behind me, Satan. So far, we've, ent- we've entertained the voice of Satan for a long time. You can't even say Sometimes even your own imaginations and thoughts that come to you. Those are the scriptures they casting down imaginations. Some of the thoughts that you entertain, you, you entertain the thoughts too much. You encourage it, and you see it follows, it follows a trend that is getting worse and worse and worse, and then gives you a very unfortunate picture of something that will never happen. Then before you realize you are depressed. Or you are angry and, and you are wondering, where did you get to this point? Because you allow Satan to talk. You had a nice conversation with him. You had tea with him. Jesus, he said, he was looking at Peter. He was looking at Peter. He was looking at Peter. He said, I don't want to look at anybody. He was looking at Peter's face like that. He was looking at Peter like that. And he said, get away from me, Satan. And he was looking at Peter. He said, get away from me, Satan. You are looking at Satan's rep and you are about to kiss Satan. (laughs) Stand to your feet. What's enemy number one of the cross? Antichrist. What's enemy number two? Judas. Judas. And then what's enemy number three? Ah, Satan. Now you know how to identify Satan. There's a book called One of His a Devil. 
Yes, in case you don't know how to, in case you don't know how to um, find him, there's, there's, there's a book. Yeah, after preaching for two hours, this is all I've said. <laughs> when you see the summary, it's so painful. <laughs> okay. No problem. I'll take it like that. <laughs> and that's all I said. <laughs> the summary looks very sad and depressing. <laughs> yes. Watch and see the enemies of the cross. Pray for yourself that you shall escape. You shall escape. You shall not become prey to the enemies of the cross. Pray for yourself. Everybody pray, especially those at the back and those on the sides. Pray for yourself. Pray. Pray for yourself. Pray. Pray for yourself. Mm. Pray for yourself. Pray. That you will not be affected by the spirit of the Antichrist to speak to you, to guide you. Pray for yourself that you will take up your cross and follow Jesus. You will pay the price and get what God really has for you. Pray. Pray for strength to obey. Strength to obey and strength to follow. Strength to obey and strength to follow Jesus. To follow his will. To follow his ways. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Pray. Everybody pray for yourself. That the voice of the enemy will be cancelled. And you will hear the voice of God. And follow the voice of God. And follow the ways of God. Help us, Lord. Save us, Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you for healing. Thank you for strength. Thank you for boldness. Boldness to take up our crosses and follow you, Lord. Thank you for boldness. Thank you for strength to stand for you to represent you, to speak for you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for boldness. Boldness in Christ. Boldness in God. Boldness in Jesus. To follow you, Lord. To help you, Lord. Save us from the spirit of the Antichrist. Save us from the spirit of Judas. Save us, O oh God, from the voice and, the, and Satan. 
the voice of Satan working through us. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you that this is a mighty church marching on. Marching on. Marching on, oh God. Marching on in you, oh God. Fulfilling your ways and fulfilling your work, Lord. Thank you that everybody gathered here, Lord, shall walk in your will, shall walk in your way, shall obey, shall obey your voice and obey your word, Lord. Thank you, Father, that your will shall be done in our lives, oh God. Thank you, O Lord, for the grace to take up our crosses and follow you, Lord, and follow you, Lord. I thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. This evening, I want to pray with you to take the first step in taking your cross. That step is the step of salvation. While every eye is closed, every head is bowed, I want to pray with you. Somebody did invite you to church today. Or you used to go to church, you used to be in church, you go to church somewhere, you were in church here, wherever, whatever. Somehow, you've lost your relationship with God. This evening, you want to say, the pastor, pray with me. I want to come back to God. I want to give my life to Jesus. Pastor, please pray with me. While every eye is closed and every head is bowed, you are here like that. Say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Very quickly, just lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. Just as a sign to say, yes, Lord. Yes, I can see your hand. Yes, I can see your hands. I can see your hands. I can see your hands. I can keep it up, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Keep it up, keep it up. You also want to join. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Yes, I can see your hand there. Yes, I can see your hand as well. Pastor, pray with me. Today is my day. I want to come to Jesus. Just your right hand and I'll pray with you. Just your right hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. God bless you all. God bless you all. If you have your hand lifted up, I want you to do one more thing. I want you to come to me right here in the front. Come out of your seats very quickly. Come. Come running, come running, come running to the mercy seat where Jesus Even if you didn't lift up your hands, you can come. Grace. 
Okay, let's pray. Those of you in front, close your eyes, bow your heads with me. And the whole church help us as we pray. Say this prayer after me. Say boldly, say it out loudly. Don't think it in your head. Say it out. Say, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I'm very sorry for every sin I've committed. From today, I repent from all my bad ways. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus is alive. I believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose up on the third day. Now say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to be in church. I will serve you for the rest of my life. Please help me to stay in the faith and to stay in the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, please may they see you in a deeper and a real way. May their lives be made better because they met you and encountered you. Thank you for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Beautiful. So you see our lady pastor waving her hand here. She wants to speak to you briefly. So if you could please go this way with her. She'll talk to you briefly that you come back to your seats. Okay, God bless you. Clap for them as they go this way. God bless you. Yes, take your communion. The blood that Jesus shed
body of our Savior was broken for us, Lord. Today we come to a table to drink of the blood and eat of the body. May our lives be saved from every trap, from every disaster, from every work of darkness, Lord. Save us, Lord. Save us, Lord. Save us, Lord. Thank you for the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Eat it. The blood of Jesus. Drink all of it. Now receive your blessing. Lift your hands for your blessing. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord himself make today a turning point for your life. May the Lord restore what was stolen by the canker worm and the palmer worm. May the Lord help you supernaturally to forgive and to walk in love toward any and everyone that has hurt you in an unimaginable way. Whatever changes have taken place in your life, negative changes, I bless you to have positive changes. I superimpose upon you positive changes by the blood of the lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. Be forgiven also for what you have done to somebody and how you have harmed somebody and how you have hurt somebody. May your sin never be held against you. Both your secret sin and your public sin. May your sins not be held against you in the day of judgment. May your sins be washed away because of your obedience to God. Lift your hands. The Lord give you peace. The Lord heal your heart. The Lord bless you. And help you to serve him with joy. For the abundance of all things. In Jesus name. Amen. blessed by this message for more information follow us on social media search for first love london on facebook and youtube and first love uk on twitter instagram and tiktok have a blessed week